Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. So today is Wednesday, April 19th, and it is actually 11 p.m. for me, and I just wanted to conclude my day with reading into the next chapter of Ephesians chapter 4. A bit about my day is, God was definitely working in my day today. It's, it started out a bit rough as I woke up late and I had to get to my final, and thankfully I got there on time still, and I was writing my final, and the first final of the day was just about a nursing class, and I don't know, I just, I don't know if my brain was out of it or what, but I definitely did not do as well as I was hoping I would do, and then afterwards, I kind of just took a breath, prayed about it, said, it's in the past, let's move on, focus on the next next exam, which I had this afternoon, and well, one thing about me is because of having anxiety and all my, I have anxiety, like diagnosed anxiety, and what ends up happening is with some other medical things, I'm able to get what's called accessibility services at school. And so with this is it gives me the accessibility to get time and a half on my exams. I can have a separate area. I can have a quiet. I can have noise canceling headphones. And it just allows me to not be distracted by the things around me while I try to focus on what I'm doing um, at the time of whatever that exam is. And so I was supposed to start at 1130 and Moral of the story is we couldn't actually access the test because the teacher never uploaded it properly. And so the other girl who does accessibilities with me, we were just kind of being brought in and out of the classroom. And finally, after like 30 minutes, we're just like, can we just not do this, please? Um, and they said, well, we've been past the 15 minute mark. And well, moral of the story is they wanted us to reschedule. And I was like, I'm not rescheduling this final. Is like, I've worked my butt off for this final. So let me just get it over so I can focus on my next exams. And so what ended up happening is the other girl and I were sitting out in the hallway just waiting and she ended up asking me how I stay so strong in my faith. And that was a kind of a hard question for me because she struggles with things herself and she's, she identifies, well, she identifies as the word, but she does um, call herself Catholic And so with her is, yes, we both believe in God and we have our different viewpoints. And so she was just asking me because with school, we find we, um, we live in a world where there's so many people who don't know the love of God. And sometimes it's really hard to stay true to our values. And it was really nice just to talk to her about it. And so in the long run, I think the whole mistake this morning of our final being delayed by an hour actually worked out in the benefit of us because we both sat there and we talked about things we struggle with and being in a world with so many non-Christians and in the end we end up praying for each other and decide that we're going to start a Bible study together just on our phones through the Bible app which I love and so this is just one of those examples of God working in one of his crazy ways without even realizing but I'm just gonna keep praying for her that she's able to find the strength is because that was me last semester and not really knowing where I fit in and not really knowing where God was in my life and trying to be confident with being me and being confident to share God's word and be confident overall of, no, these are what I, this is what I believe and this is what I feel and this is why I feel it. And if people don't like that, then oh well is I can just pray that I've planted seeds in their life, but at the end of the day, it's not my job to water them. I can just kind of plant it and see what happens. And 
guide them along the way and answer any questions they have. But for now, it's just in God's hands. But to conclude off my day, though, we will continue into the next part of Ephesians, which is Ephesians chapter 4. And so this kind of is broken down into two sections. So the first section here is the unity and maturity in the body of Christ. And then it also gives us concluding in the second half instructions for Christian living, which I think this is one thing I love about Ephesians is it's so much life lessons that we can learn and be just that encouragement from Paul, just because in this moment he's imprisoned. And so kind of hearing hearing how strong he is in his beliefs and what he's feeling while being in prison just kind of shows like, no, like the things I go through, God's still there for me. And yeah, but for now, let's dive into Ephesians chapter four. It reads, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is no body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned, apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is in the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as it is to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, 
and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful in their own hands, and they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And that is Ephesians chapter 4. I think the one thing I love about this is there's so much hope in this for us. And yes, there's a lot of do this in it, but the to love God is to obey God and to obey God is to love God. And so here it's like Paul's telling us like he urges us to live a life full of worthy a life worthy of the calling you've received. And I think God has a calling for all of us and it's just the ones of us who actually take a breath and listen to that calling and actually decide to go with it because it's so easy to get away in everyday life and get away with society and just trying to fit in but when you have a calling from God is at the end of the day is I'm just a vessel here on earth trying to share God's word and I have eternal life with him if I do all this and when I get down to verse 14 here it's talking about like we will no longer be infants and the one thing I learned at one point was it doesn't matter if you were raised in the church it doesn't matter if you found Christ later on in life is your Christianity age actually is to do with like, are you an infant Christian? Are you a toddler Christian? Are you an adult Christian? Are you a senior Christian? And this is more along the lines of not how old I am, but how old I am spiritually with the Lord. And so, of course, when you first start learning about God, you're going to be that infant when you're just kind of like you hear words, you kind of recognize things. And as you start getting older and even in everyday life is a toddler is going to know more than an infant and a teenager is going to know more. And that's why in your life you need to have those people that you can turn to that are older for spiritual help and not just um, everyday help because spiritual wisdom is so much different than our everyday wisdom. And later on when we're talking about like instructions for Christian living here, and it's like, however, it is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. And all of us hear and learn how to live in our everyday society, but trying to turn away from that and live in a God of, like a world of God, I think is just so much more, not intense, but once you learn God's ways, it's so hard to go back because you realize the good the kingdom actually has. Uh, at the end here, when it's talking about like, in your anger, do not sin and I think this is so important is because sometimes when we're frustrated ourselves, we're frustrated at the world, we're just kind of upset at a situation is that's when we actually will fall from God because we don't think he's there. And that's probably the time we want to turn to him the most. And one thing I thought of here while reading was my family is my family always had this rule that is like, we do not go to bed if someone is angry. Like we will stay up until the argument is settled, and I love that it says this in 
verse 26 here is, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Because I would say the last thought you have to go to the bed is what you're going to dream about. And that's what's going to determine if you have a good sleep or not. And that's kind of why I love doing my Bible readings and doing this podcast at night. Because I kind of just, it's a good conclusion to end my day and kind of get away from just reality and just kind of finish my day off with God. And I think that's really important is any relationships I have in life is I do not want to go to bed angry because if I go to bed angry, it just builds up and stirs and I don't sleep. And then I think about it the next morning and it's just not worth it in the long run. And I know I used to do that and I'm happy I have learned to not do that. I think the hardest thing of here when it's telling us like as instructions for Christian living though is the do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths. And I don't know about anyone else, but I really struggle with this sometimes, especially being around so many non-Christians all the time because sometimes I just want to fit in and sometimes I'll say something and as soon as I say it, I know it wasn't something godly or a godly action I did. And it almost takes this like void for me of this emptiness and I pray to God about it and try to move on because you can't get held up in the past and the past will help you navigate the future. But if you get stuck in the past, you can't move on. And I think that's the most important thing to realize is God's got the past. He's got the present and he's got the future because at the end of the day, no one has the future except Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. And I think, yeah. And I love how Paul ends this all off when he says, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. And that's just a great way to finish off a chapter because it is so hard to forgive people. And if God can forgive me for everything that I've done, why am I any better to not forgive someone else for something they've maybe done to me? And yeah, that kind of concludes how I'm feeling about Ephesians chapter four. I should probably be getting to bed because it is now 11.20 a.m. and I am getting up at 5.30 to do my weekly um, Christian life coaching, which is just uh, this person I talk to from my hometown of Cranbrook. I speak with her. I try every Thursday morning and we just kind of start our day off by talking about my spiritual health and seeing where I'm at spiritually and mentally with that and It's a great way. I love it on my Thursday mornings. But for now, that's it. And join me tomorrow as we read into Ephesians chapter 5. Good night, everyone.